And I remember just sitting in my car on the side of the road and just being like, how can I express about feeling out of place? And then I and then I thought of an astronaut in space. And I'm like, so what's the opposite to that? And I'm like, an astronaut in the ocean. That's literally how it came into my head. JID to me is like on like lyricism wise, one of the, if not in the top three for lyricism when it comes to like lyricism with flow and switch ups and being fast and actually every line like meaning something like he's just nuts it would be joiner jid and most probably j cole because i think he's just like a wizard in the studio that would be like the three people i'd want to sit down with in a studio and be like yo what can we come up with to slap people in the face with is like a lot of people feel like they're meant to be a musician or they're meant to be an artist, but you don't just walk through a door and you get to be that, you know? It comes through the like the work or that lucky break or that break that happens to that specific artist. My name is DJ Samsex. This is the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast with my man Mast Wolf. It's great to connect with you. And I just want to know, how, how did you get the name? Uh, for me, it was like heavily revolved like around fake smiles. I was a very big person ever since like even I was a young kid that like put on a fake smile and acted like I was okay to be tough, you know, to be a man and um, things weren't. And uh, for me, it was like when I went to the studio, the mask came off, like the real me came out, the happy me came out. And the beast was sort of unleashed. So that's how I came out with uh, Mask Wolf. That's dope. Yeah. So I love Australia. I've, I've taught there yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, man. I, I used to tour back in the day with Dizzy Rascal. And um, I've done the whole circuit, like around the whole country and everything. But it's it's crazy to, to see the way that the hip-hop scene has popped off out there because you've got so many different styles, you know, it kind of started with Hilltop Hoods. You, you had Diggy Azalea. Now you got like One Four to Kid Leroy, and now yourself. Like, where wh where do you fit into that that history of the the evolution of hip hop in Australia? Um, I just think I fit into my own lane. You know, uh, Pete, you can't compare like what I'm doing. Not to say that it's like elite. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that I'm so different that I'm like that Billie Eilish and everyone was like, who the hell is this? I'm just doing my thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't sound like Kid Leroy, Juice World. I don't sound like Joyner Lucas or Kevin Gates, like my idols, but you can hear elements um, throughout my songs of like things I've picked up. But for me, I've always wanted to be unique in my sound and be my own sound. So I guess like where do I fit in? I just fit in, I hope, into the industry. Like I'm just one of those rappers that have made it and I speak about, you know, things that are upfront, real, about me, the truth, and like what other people are feeling. And that's what I want to be known for. Okay. How, how did you first get introduced to hip hop? Like, what was that first moment where it caught you? I think it was definitely either Eminem or Kanye, most probably Eminem. Um, like, when I first heard Stan and Lose Yourself, those were like big music grabbing moments for me. I think also it wasn't just like American hip hop that 
caught me. It was like writing that caught me. Like I really enjoyed expressing myself through lyricism or just writing about what I feel. And even at like high school, which I don't know what they call it in UK, but at school, I would find that English was like one of my favorite subjects. Like when we had to write poems or ballads or whatever they, you call them, I was really enjoying that process. And like my teacher would be like, you're really good at this. Keep that up. And that like, sunk in for me that that's why maybe I loved it so much because there was a rap element there there to it so it was half half it was writing for emotional outlet and then also listening to like American hip-hop so what was the point where you were like you made that transition from you know doing creative writing or poetry to actually like putting it together as bars like was that moment like when you first rapped it was bad very bad (laughs) moment we we don't we don't want to go back to the sound of that but uh it was more like let's give this a go type thing i've always been a person that's happy to try things like if you give me a challenge i'll most probably be trying to get that challenge completed like that's the type of like person i am so for me it was like yeah i want to step up to the plate and try and make a song and the the first song i made was most probably very auto tuning because it was at that phase where t pain was coming out Everyone was like wanting to use auto-tune, but it was, uh, I was always ever since the start trying to have effective choruses no matter what. And I think like after the, the 10 years, the, um, the choruses really show for themselves now. Like they differentiate me from like an upcoming artist. And a lot of people that say to me like, oh, what do you think of this song or what are this track? Can you review it for me? It's like, I can, but what I hear is like, choruses that aren't catchy they're just there to sit there and do nothing and the chorus is the most important part of the song so that's what i worked on all right so when did you first do your performance what was that moment like when you first stood up and started rapping like like and revealed to your friends and family like yeah i was shitting myself (laughs) first off i was so scared i remember my first ever like performance i went on like x factor just to an audition and uh, I was packing it, like packing it in Australia means like you're just sweating, nerves, like everything. And I remember I stuffed up in the audition like multiple times, like I choked so hard. And um, I was like, I kept telling myself, maybe that was meant to happen. Maybe you weren't meant to be on a show like this so early or a show at all. So like for me, like I never really performed even up until like now until uh, Astronaut in the Ocean got known, maybe like I did two or three performances in 10 years. So I wasn't performing at all. I was literally just sitting in my room trying to work on my craft and become better with my cadence, my flow, my pronunciation with fast rapping was a big thing for me. I always worked on that. I never knew how artists did it when I was trying to do it. So I always remember just moving my tongue, being like, like literally just doing that in my room. And then it progressed on to words. So it was more my craft and then performing. How, how long did it take you to do that, though? Because, like, your flow is tight, like, you, you know, yeah. flawless. But but from what you were saying, how long does it take to perfect that? I don't think you ever perfect it. I don't think there's no such thing as, like, perfecting your flow. I think people are like, your flow is sick. You know, that doesn't mean it's perfect. So for me, it was more, when was I happy with my sound and my flow? Literally maybe towards two to three years ago, the start of like Speed Racer, Astro. 
Um, even there's things now that I'm like, oh, I can be better at. So there's always room for uh, improvement. And if you you don't think that way, then you're not going to get better. So that's that's the mentality. I think it's good that you didn't win X Factor. I think it was great that I wasn't on it either. <laughs> That's dope, man, because it, it could have been a very different experience to where you're at now. Yeah, I've heard worse stories about people being on it um, and regretting it. So not X Factor in particular, like just shows like mm. that where you get a bit of recognition and a bit of your 15 seconds of fame and then all of a sudden, two, three years later, nobody even remembers you, you know what I mean? Mm. So so how how did you come up with Astronauts, Astronauts in the Ocean? Because... Yo, I had people telling me like, yeah, do you know this? Do you know this mass wolf guy? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I kind of pride mm. myself on knowing a lot of what's going on, like especially around the world as well. I was like, no, I haven't, I haven't heard of him. Like, and then it yeah. just it just hits so quick. Like, first of all, before we get into that, like the meteoric rise, I mean, how yeah, how did that song come about? Um, I just remember I wrote it like I wrote the chorus concept in my car. One day I was coming home from work and I remember just sitting in my car on the side of the road and just being like, how can I express about feeling out of place? And then I, and then I thought of an astronaut in space and I'm like, so what's the opposite to that? And I'm like, an astronaut in the ocean. That's literally how it came into my head um, based off like me feeling out of my element but so close to being recognized. I felt like I was on the right path with my music. Like it had that quality. It had that sound to be recognized, but I wasn't getting recognized. So that's how I came up with it. And then from there, like I'm big on finding a beat first because it sets a storyline or it sets a emotion or ambience. And then I write the chorus always first after that. Usually I, I shouldn't say all the time because I literally was writing 10 minutes ago and I did the verse first. So um, but usually I'm very focused on the chorus first to set the tone and set the verse up. So that's how it came to play. You're in Australia, you know, you listen mm. to hip hop and, you know, everything's changed around the world now. There always were pockets of hip hop scenes, but now it's like every country's got their own scene or their own market, if you want to call it that. And yeah, yeah it's no surprise now that, you know, someone could pop off from anywhere in the world right now. And yeah, but at a time when you was coming through, why did you feel out of place? Was that is it because of you know being in Australia, or is it purely from the artist point of view? It was just uh, no. It was like I felt out of place every moment. Like as soon as I woke up, I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Like literally, I would be very depressed. I would cry. Um, I wouldn't understand like what I was meant for. Like, it's very hard when you feel like you're meant for something, but you can't do it. And that's one of the toughest things about the music industry is like a lot of people feel like they're meant to be a musician or they're meant to be an artist, but you don't just walk through a door and you get to be that, you know, it comes through the, like the work or that lucky break or that break that happens to that specific artist. And for me, it was like, I mean, I made a song called Paper Planes, which was literally about me wanting to go back to sleep so I couldn't feel like the mental pain. Like I'd wake up and want to sleep again just so I didn't have to feel anything. And that's how it was. Like for me, it was just like, I don't want to feel like I wasn't where I was meant to be. And then that's how obviously astronaut stemmed. Um, so it was just an all round personal feeling. It wasn't to do with work uh, solely or music. It was literally everything that I was feeling all around. 
a lot of people can relate to that, you know. Yeah, yeah, for do, sure. Do, do you do you feel is the kids reaching out to you feeling the same way? Like because it's, it's... Uh, like I, I get messages and stuff always about like you're an inspiration or whatever. I'm sure if I like um, did something around that, there'd be a lot more people that came out. But the whole point of the song was to like let people know that you can speak about it um because as i said like before i was a very big internal holder like i kept everything on the inside and thought i was a better person for it because i was stronger and it took me like 15 years to realize that that's not the case um so for me like i want to obviously be revolved around that mental health depression speaking about like what you want to speak about and opening up but i don't want to be classified as the mental health depression rapper you know I've got so much more like ammo that's ready and like people obviously going to hear it uh, within the next month or two, but just feeling out of place and expressing that you can tell your story as well. Because when I say like, what you know about rolling down to the deep, it's saying like, what's your story? Because my story is depression, anxiety, feeling out of place, but what's your story as well? Because not everyone has mental depression and anxiety. You write a song and then obviously you record it next. And then... Mm -hmm. When you go to record it, how did it feel? Did you feel like this this has got something in it? This this magic no. and the magic. Just thought it was a good song. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally it was like, yeah, it's a good track. But uh I thought the title was better than the song. Literally. Like uh when I first thought thought of the title, I messaged my producer and my manager and I'm like, this is a sick title for a single or an album. And obviously I chose it for the single and I just thought that's a really, really cool title. Um, and I'm big on like having titles that want to make you listen to the song before you even have heard it. Like uh, I've got some other ones that are like different, let's say, um, and it makes you want to just click on it just to see what it's about. So for me, like we all laugh about it because we still don't think Astronaut is the best song, yet it has, you know, 40 times more streams than you know my other songs so it's uh at the end of the day i have a saying it is what it is like the the ball has fallen where it may and um it's just yeah I, i'm going with the flow basically <laughs> okay so you record the track you tell your team yep. that you got this song great title and then i i just want because it's such a phenomenon right i, I need to know like exactly like the full story and, and, and how this track came to yeah. be what it came to be. So what what happens next? Do you upload it yourself or do you just, how, how do you give it out? So basically, basically in 2018, I got signed for one song under Teamwork Records, which was Speed Racer. Then we had some other stuff come up and they're like, you know what, we want to sign you as an artist. So that was like me and my manager. And I think I got signed for like 10 songs or something. And then that's when Astro came out in 2019. So it sat like, obviously we released, I think it was, it went Speed Racer, Astro, Vibin, Numb, Night Rider. So it had like three or four songs come out after Astro and nothing was really happening with Astro. So the, like one of the biggest statistics about Astronaut in the Ocean was that everything, 99% of it was from natural growth. It wasn't from playlists. So like literally people finding out about it organically. And then when, when the heat started coming, 
that's when it started getting into playlists only like recently like six to 12 months ago what was the catalyst for for people to go back and discover this i think it was like word of mouth like it's i know it's weird but like and you rarely hear about that but it was like i was getting a lot of people saying to me i'm telling my friends about you they're telling their friends. Their friends were then hitting me up when I had like a thousand to two thousand followers on Instagram and I was replying to messages. And it was just like a chain reaction of like that, plus then playlist came on, then TikTok, then Instagram reels, and it was like the big snowball effect. And then it couldn't be stopped. It was like astronauts everywhere in the ocean, basically. So <laughs> how did that feel? Because you know, you originally was parked up on the side of a road not feeling like you yeah. you could fit in which made you led you to write in this how did that feel though when it's the opposite it, it must have been a little overwhelming right when it when it got recognized yeah song? um if i my mum always like uh, says to me how do you feel and i go if you're gonna keep asking me you're gonna keep getting the same answer and it's like, I feel nothing. I, it's just too hard. Like, I, I don't know what to feel. Like, I really don't. Like, I'm, I'm very happy, but it's like, I'm still kind of in shock and it's been like four months. Like, I feel like I need to be slapped out of my senses because, and just wake up. Yeah, it's happened. But for me, it's like, I'm focused on the music. I'm focused on the album. Like, I know this isn't like, what, what I've seen a lot happen in the industry is people get their window of opportunity and then they fall off. Because one, they think they've got this hit song and they can just live on it forever or they don't have to keep grinding. And for me, it's like, I don't want to be like that. This is like my gap. And especially as an Australian hip hop artist, it's even more of a reason to be like, you've really got to concentrate now. You can't be like just saying, talking to people about Astra only, like I've got things I need to do. So I have to take it seriously because when you lose that window of opportunity, there, go, there goes your career possibly. So... That's uh, my feeling is shock, but I know I've got work to do. Okay. There's a line, I believe in G-O-D, I don't believe in T-H-O-T. 99% yeah. of the rap game would disagree with you. <laughs> I love to say it. it, it it's a, I rate you for saying that. It's a very, it's very different. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. I admire, it shouldn't be audacity to say that, but I, in the face of what goes on in hip hop, it, it is kind of audacity to be like overtly way more positive than the wave yeah. of what's going on. When I say I don't believe in THOT, it's not to say that they're fake. I'm mm. saying like I don't believe in the notion of going out, partying, and then they're just finding a chick and doing what what everyone wants to do and doing that over and over again as a life cycle. Like to me, that's not value. And it, like the, I believe in G.O.D. was just kind of like the polar opposite. Like what gets more opposite than you bringing religion into it, really? So like for me, I've always expressed like my troubles in believing in God. I used to be religious and I wasn't religious. Then I was like always just phasing in and out. Like I've always had troubles with that. So for me, it was like me sort of saying, I believe in something that I've struggled in over this that much still. Like over THOT and no matter the fame, no matter what happens, I'm not going to get sidetracked by like girls and the partying and that type of lifestyle. That's just not who I am.
Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. How, how do you... Go from being religious to not being religious. Like, what were the factors involved in that? I just find it very hard sometimes to believe that there's either, like, a spiritual feeling or a God or, like, I think about afterlife a lot. Like, I hate the thought of death. I just hate the thought of there being nothing after death. It, like, gets me, like, anxious as hell. So um, that's uh, that's a pun intended because I said anxious as hell. Um, but yeah, like for me, I've always struggled in that. Like I've always wanted to believe that there is something, but like I've seen things in my life, like I really dislike cancer a lot and I've seen people pass that I've loved from cancer and I'm like, why, why does this happen? You know what I mean? So for me, it's like I'm on the seesaw and one day I'm like, yeah, I believe. And then the next day or next week I'm like, nah, don't, it's too hard. Um, so yeah. It's, it's really like in my own mental battle on that and like my beliefs, but obviously I believe things now, but yeah, um, it's just always been something in my life that I've struggled with. Is there anyone you ever reached out to talk to about this kind of thing? Because it's, 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 you know. About God? Yeah, just, just that, like what you're saying. Like I totally get it because I think as human beings, when shit hits the fan, we find faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First instinct is yeah. to pray, you know. But when things go yeah. wrong that you can't understand, I think we we do question everything, you know. Like why, yeah. you know? I don't think you can seek help for faith. Like I know that's a bit weird, but so many people find faith in their darkest moments, and it's like kind of like a meant to be thing. Like you just touched on it, um, and it's like in the least expected moment you find faith. And you hear that all the time, you know. It could be people that go to prison for life and then they find God. It could be people that, you know, broken up, divorce or near-death experience and then all of a sudden they're like, I thank God, you know. So it's really like I'd rather seek help for like my mental things like uh, low self-esteem or uh, feeling like I'm out of place. Like I wish I seeked help back then when I was feeling that. That's more important, I think, uh, from like a mental point of view. But this is just like, uh, do I believe in it or not like type of moment? Like it's just something that I need to find myself in, which will be my own like walkthrough. So it'll happen. Like I, I believe obviously in God now. I've got I'm, a lot of my friends are religious or some of them. So like it's, I'm not worried. I just know that that's just how I feel and that's who I am. So like, I'm not, I'm not, come on. I, I've done the music industry and it's not, for some it's not the glory that everybody thinks it is and everything else but but since your art is recognized now worldwide are you in a better place from previously yeah yeah 100 percent, easily i was in a very dark place so um for me like where i am now i'm happy i'm not the happiest like i know i can be happier um but i'm definitely happy 
you know, and I've got things that I want to work on myself, music, physically, you know, everything, like emotionally, mentally, like there's always still room to grow. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely in a better place than I was before. Just keeping it with Astronauts and the Ocean, I see that there's a remix with DDG and G-Eazy. Like, yeah. what, what made you want to put those two guys on that? I was very hooked on Moonwalking in the Calabasas. Um, and I said to DDG, I said to him, I want you to like show a bit of that emotion where maybe people didn't believe in you or, you know, you started off in YouTube and they didn't think you would make it as like a rapper or whatever. Now look at you, like I'm doing the things I'm doing and I don't care about the hate. And that's what I said to him. And with g Easy, I just felt like he just suited the song a lot, like the style, like he when I was thinking about who would sound good on it, I had a few artists that I really thought sonically would just really attract well with the song and be able to talk about what they need to talk about. Um, and obviously I'm not going to say to Jeezy, no, you need to write like this. Like Jeezy raps the way he wants to rap. You know what I mean? But for DDG, cause I was connected with him and he's like also a young dude, like very young as well. Um, I knew he had like that type of rap in him where he does it at the start of Moonwalking in the Calabasas where he talks about crying a bit and his mum and he goes like, I believe I cried that night, like I did it. And um, for me, I just wanted like bits of it to be like that, but also, you know, stick to like, that hip hop style of like, we eat and we good and we don't care about hate. So I think it's a good blend as well. DDG is like up and coming in the same now, scene now and he's, like established himself and geez he's just like you know the name so it's like a really it's a really cool mix that i don't think a lot of people saw coming mm. yeah definitely definitely and i, and I think yeah. i think geez doesn't i hate the concepts of flowers like it's, you know it's whatever but but if he was to say that i really don't think he gets the flowers he should have because like i think people just see now where he's at but when he was coming through and what he'd done and the respect that you had from the Bay and everything else. Like he's very, he's yeah. always certified from day one, you know? Yeah. I think one of the best things he's done was he, he made uh, a lot of solo tracks be very well known. And I think that's a hard thing to do as an artist. Like you have songs like lemonade, like I'm not saying they're not good solo artists, but like Don Tolivar, that song lemonade, it was a perfect match of featured artists. You know what I mean? But for like G Easy, like he had, uh, I think it's I Mean It or Mean It. That was a solo track that absolutely popped off. He has that capability to like be comfortable for three and a half minutes or three minutes in his own song and own element. And that's what I want. He was like one of the first artists we wanted on the track. It took like two to three months to get it to happen. So for me, it was just like, I know he can hold his own. That's what type of artist he is. I like the joint Night Rider as well. Stop. Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's. But I know, I know you're saying about the flow's never perfect, like what you said before. Yo, you you perfected the flow, man. Your flow on that, it's like it's unquestionable. You can't, you know what I mean? It's like going in. Stop. Yeah, that took like literally six months to a year to make, and we went through so many different styles of beats for that song, and I was like, nah. It can be better. No, it can be better. I don't care if it takes us five years. It has to sound the way I wanted it to sound. And like uh, the transition in that, it was one of the most awkward slash perfect transitions because you you just don't expect it in like a slow 
opening like that, but it fits so well. And then it's just like absolute JID, Joiner Lucas, Mayhem. Like it just progresses. I'm always big on progressive build-ups. Like you always hear that in a lot of my songs. It starts off slow and I want like the wolf pack or the people listening to be like, okay, what the F's going to happen? Like where's he going to take this because they know I've done it before. And the uninspected, like in the music industry, one way you get recognized is by doing the unexpected. So that's what I try to do on my tracks. Which rappers inspire you right now? You know, you're saying like back in the day it was like Kanye or or them. Yeah. Like, but right now, who, you know, when you hear them, you're like, yeah, that was nice. You know, like who who you feeling? Yeah, right yeah. Hundred percent, Joanna Lucas and JID for sure. If I had to get in a room with like three people, excluding Eminem, because he's to me he's the goat, but I'm just not gonna say Eminem. It, it would be Joyner, JID, and most probably J Cole, because I think he's just like a wizard in the studio. Um, that would be like the three people I'd want to sit down with in a studio and be like, "Yo, what can we come up with to slap people in the face with?" Type of thing. Wow, that'd, that'd yeah. be that's a crazy thing to put in the universe <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're very good they're very good at their flow like jid to me is like on like lyricism wise one of the if not in the top three for lyricism when it comes to like lyricism with flow and switch ups and being fast and actually every line like meaning something like he is just nuts but I love Joyner because he speaks about things that matter, but also has very catchy choruses, which is also something I wanted. And I mean, J. Cole's J. Cole. You don't need yeah. to explain J. Cole. Yeah. Are you looking forward to the new album? J. Cole? Yeah, the fall off season. Like, yeah. the fall off. It is- yeah, he's nuts. Middle Child yeah. is like, to me, just an insane song. Like, I, I watch a lot of videos on rappers in the studio, and just watching him in the studio was very, is like very inspiring for me. Mm. He he's he's a very like I've known him for a while like through doing interviews and stuff, and um, I caught up with him when he last came to the UK, and we went backstage. I was with I was with my son, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I make beats," and he's like, "Oh yo, really? Like, do you use Ableton?" And it's like, "Nah, like, oh, yo, this is J Cole, oh, like, yeah. yo, this is like, like," and I was like, "Yo, you've just come off stage at the O2 Arena." And you're making beats and you're showing my son how to use it. It's really, really surreal. But he's just... He's a very, he's a very humble guy. person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about sim- similar things that I talk about, which is why I value him so much because he talks about, like, it's not all it seems to be, which is what you said before. Like, it's not always about the money. Um, there's, like, so much more value in loyalty over, like, royalty. So, uh, yeah. On a wavelength, we just fit about what we appreciate in life. Are you still a fan of Kanye West? Like, I know there's some people who are mm. like, because mm, of his political stances, but... I, it's not that I'm not a fan of. I just appreciate, from a music point of view, what he did in, like, the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy era. Like, it's my favourite album of all time. So, like, you know, Flashing Lights, Monster, that era, like, after Jesus Walks and Gold Digger and he mm. was, like, sat himself in the industry as, like, top tier... That follow-up to me was like that was him in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and like people say he's crazy, but I just say like creative minds, that's how they are. They never stop thinking. They never stop expressing themselves. Like, yeah, he's done some wacky stuff, but uh, I mean, that's just how creative 
creative minds are. Like he, that guy's mind would not stop twenty for an hour a day. He'd be thinking about things nonstop. So, and no, I, I, I like. I don't like his music now. Like I'm, a, I'm happy he found he's found religion. But like from an inspiration point of view, it doesn't inspire me. Mm-hmm. Joiner Lucas does. <laughs> Tell me about Young Guap. Yeah, he, um, he was. He's with. Teamwork Records as well, and okay. basically, I just remember getting sent like a bunch of stuff from him. He like had like thirty unfinished songs, and I was like, "Yo, what's his Star Trek? Let me hop on." That's as simple as it was. Wow. Um, I think he has like a lot of room to grow. He's like I'm a very upfront person, so like for me, he's in the phase of like trying to find his sound, but being too close to other people's sound. Um, if that makes sense, he's kind of like in the phase where I was trying to find my sound and then I found speed racer and then I was like happy with who I was and what I was speaking about. So I think he's super talented and he's got great melodies, but his lyrics need to become more real and his sound needs to become more defined, but he's very young. So I don't say it's a must now it will happen, but he's, yeah, he's very talented. Okay. Is there anyone else from Australia we should be looking out for? Is there anyone else that you rate? Just Mars Wolf. Just Mars Wolf. No, no. I really like, uh, actually, like on a mel- melodic point of view, there's a dude called Young and Lips. I think he's really talented. He's got some really, really cool tracks. Um, kind of like a Chris Browning type vibe. He's got that the really cool melodies going so like that saint john meets chris chris brown right. type thing um yeah so like i think he's gonna do really well and he is doing really well and obviously like you said before like one four like that's just they're they're in their own element it's like grime uk drill mm. that type of style um like that that style of rap is really intriguing because i wonder if it only goes so far when it comes to australian rappers so does it only go to Australia and New Zealand and no one in America or Europe likes it? Time will tell. I think one has got a shot over here because with what's going on with the UK drill scene. In the UK, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the number one record in the UK is going to be a UK drill track this week, and Tion Wayne and, and Russ. But is there anybody that's caught your attention from the UK? Is there any lyricists with yeah. you feeling? Yeah. you feeling? Okay, there's one song I'm going to tell you right now. I know what it's called, but I I love it. It's called, I think it's Ain't That Ain't It Different. Oh, Ain't It Different. Yeah, Heady One. Yeah. AJ Tracy. Heady One. Heady yeah. One's good. AJ Tracy's good. Obviously, Stormzy's fucking amazing. Um, I really like J1 as well. Right. Yeah, J1. So, yeah, like, to be honest, I'm not like, I'm not like the type of person to be like, that artist has caught me. I must work with them. Mm. It's more like I want to hear a song that really connects. Like I, I wish I could just hear a bunch of songs, not know who the artists are and choose the song that I vibe the most and not have to know their names because then I'm choosing the music over the artist. You know what I mean? Mm. But like J1, like I think um, H is really, really talented, but he's just not on my same spectrum. Like he just talks about, things I wouldn't talk about. So we like a song, like for me, I wouldn't, I don't think we'd connect synergy wise, but I think he's super, super, super talented for, he's a very young guy. You know what I mean? So I think he'll hold the market up and be top tier for the next five years easily. 
Um, and I and I think he's loved there, right? Like everyone loves him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all all of those guys that you mentioned is, and that's what I'm saying. It's like the scene out here is so big now, and it's the the, yeah. the spectrum of rappers is so vast. It's like if you yeah. like this style, or if you like that style, or if you like that style, mm. it's like everyone's getting it in. It's like the flip. I'm pretty sure you guys have a guy that sounds very similar to Pop Smoke, or have a, he's have got a, like a really yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think he's uh, especially with what happened with Pop Smoke. Um, mm. I think he's going to do like super, super well because I think he has like a really, really deep voice, like a really gangsterish style too. So. Yeah. Yeah, so he he was cool. I've heard some stuff from him. Yeah, he, he and you know what? He's he's one of the realest guys as well. It's like it's yeah. And there's there's some, you know, he was doing that before Pop Smoke. Rest in peace, Pop Smoke. He was like so. It's, yeah, it's so one hundred percent real. Um, there's always comparisons, you know. Like someone has a deep voice like Pop Smoke. Oh, this guy sounds like Pop Smoke. Mm-hmm. Or this guy's got comb over hair and he's blonde. He's the next Justin Bieber. Like yeah, you're yeah, never yeah. going, to, you're never going to escape that in the music industry. But I think mm-hmm. like UK have this vibe of it's so relaxed but in your face at the same time. Like mm-hmm. the baseline just comes in as like, wah, 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 and it's just like we have our flow this is our scene this is who we are we're not going to change it i really like that about the uk like uk doesn't copy they don't Mm. oh we have to sound like an american or have this style you know uk is just the uk we're in our scene if you if if you don't like it just get out (laughs) type thing you know what i mean yeah yeah, and that's what i really really love about the uk but i would really like to jump on one of those styles. like i have a style i have a track called work that is like that um i still speak about things that like mean a lot to me like it goes like um i go what you know about that self-esteem being lowered in baselines because it's like a uk jewel bit so i still keep it about like what i like speaking about mm. but um it's it's actually my only drill type song i've made right. so right. yeah i'm keen to release it yeah bro do it it's like i said it's 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 an amazing time for music right now it's an amazing time yeah. for artistry I'm seeing a lot of people um, blow up and just calling their own shots in the US and in the UK. And obviously, if yourself was going on with you in Australia, like you can't even look at you as an Australian artist. It's like I'm on all the deep, yeah, because because <clears throat> it's like I think now because of the way that the internet is, you you you're a citizen of the internet, like above whatever continent you're from. Is is yeah yeah. You can't if you're on the timeline, you're current. You know what I mean? It's like, and I can't escape your name, whether it's people talking about you or whether it's being on record pools from America or whether it's from over here or hearing your track yeah. on the radio out here. It's like, so yeah, it's it's almost like a little old school. It's like. it's weird because like uh, I didn't know if UK would really accept the song because you guys have your own style. Like UK is, to me, one of the hardest markets to crack um, because you guys have your your trend and your your way of music that you like. And I think one of the, I think one of the better things about Astro is it's been playing so much that you're kind of forced to listen to it and then you find out I'm an Australian rapper where if it's like, hey, listen to this Australian rapper, some people would be like, no, no, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? But you hear the song first, then you find out about me. And then you like listen to podcasts or interviews and 
you might value like how I speak or what I speak about. And mm. I mean, I never boast about like myself or my music or the numbers. It's just always been like, I think when you've worked so long to make it, you, when it happens, you appreciate it and you don't turn into like uh, a dickhead basically, excuse my language. Mm. But like, and that's why one of like, I'm 30 now. So like one of the things I like never thought I would appreciate was making it at a later stage of my life when it comes to like making it. Um, so I think that's been like a blessing in disguise for me. Cause if I made it at like 18 to 19 or 20, I think I would have been an absolute wanker, you know, and thought I was everything. <laughs> You know, so uh, I'm glad it happened now. Just to tap into what we were saying, I feel like with music now, it's kind of getting accentless. Like, I think mm. I think the listener, no matter where they are in the world, I think, because it used to be, ah, oh, I'm not listening to this person there from there. I don't think anyone cares now, just as long as it bangs. Yeah. You know, yeah, and we're I seeing agree. more I think... and more artists being affected in the US and stuff. Yeah, 10 years ago, I copped a lot of hate for that. I still cop some now, but, like, I mean, hate's going to be everywhere. But when I was, like, 19, 20, 21, maybe like, maybe, like, 16 to 22, I copped a lot of hate. You're trying to sound black. You're trying to sound American hip-hop. You're never going to make it. That's all I kept ever hearing. Like, on Facebook, YouTube, that's all the comments would be. You're just trying to be like this. You're never going to make it. There's no point continuing. Like, uh... It, it, and it, 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 yeah oh heaps of times i still get it now yeah um but for me like one of the most important things i remember is i was watching 50 cent talk about it and he goes it was like two years ago and he goes man we released this really cool video 50k budget it's such a cool video and i still 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 see people disliking it and always there's a couple of comments that hate you know and it baffles me that someone has like in the 24 hours of the day, the one thing they choose to do is they want to type on their phone or their keyboard negativity. Like, I just don't get it. Um, but I don't let it phase me. Like, I'm so used to it now. I used to let it phase me a lot. Um, and that's one of the things that I've always, like, came up with being hard to, like, accept myself. And I wish I was, like, fuck it. Just make songs what you want to make about. You know what I mean? Like, not how people will perceive you. And that's something I did like coming into Speed Race. I'm like, I'm just going to sound the way I want to sound and make what I want to make. And that's where my music started getting better. So I was like, once that moment happened and the flick of the switch happened there, that's when I started making good music. And that's why I say to people, they're like, oh, where's the stuff from when you were grinding? I'm like, I don't like showing it because it wasn't, it was me trying to pretend like a bit. It was kind of like talking about partying or have a shot here or, you know, that wasn't me. That was just me trying to fit into the scene. And I wish I learned that a bit, bit quicker, but it is what it is now. It feels like you've got a global focus. It's like I said, it's, it's I, have almost- a, I have a, I have a uni- universe focus right. outside of the earth as well. Like, uh, I've, I've always wanted to have a, a, a global sound. Like when you first hear me and see me, like when you see me, you don't think Australian. A lot of people tell me I either look Turkish, Arabic, possibly American. Um, so that works into my favor now because like when you see a picture of me and you hear the song, well, first things you're like, this doesn't match. This guy doesn't sound like that. But, uh, second of all, it's like kind of like a jigsaw puzzle you're like trying to fit the pieces and it's like a mystery so for me it's like 
my sound is like me, Mars Wolf. You can't say it's somebody else's. Like you can't say, oh, he sounds exactly like this other artist. But it's also like if you press play and you're in Egypt or if you press play and you're in Brazil, you're just going to enjoy the track and not care where I'm from. You know, you're just going to know the name Mars Wolf maybe or you won't. So. Still. Look, you know what? The only thing I'd say is once everything's lifted, lockdown and all of that, um, I know you guys borders are still closed like no one's getting into Australia right now um, but just keep coming over here just just work with everybody that you can out here and just, just yeah I definitely want to do something with someone in the UK for sure mm. like I've, I already said like I wanted to make a project and it was called like it's something like everywhere around the world or world whatever and it was like one person from the UK on a song one person from Brazil one person mm. from like Egypt or Russia, one person from America. And it was literally like a feature from each spot in the world. Mm. And it was like, it didn't matter about territories. It was just like, this is the world is music type thing. So that's something I've wanted to do. But UK, especially like, I think like I can do have a voice where I'm, I fit that song mm. style, but I don't want to always do songs like that all the time. And that's why I've only done one. But yeah, I'll be open to working with like Heady One and Stormzy. I'll just wait on it. Yeah. Put some more good vibes into the universe right there. So, yeah. so what can we expect from the album? Like, what's happening with that? Um, so basically, I, I would say I'm 50% there. Um, it's very, it's based like sort of around astronomy. Um, so about space. So the like, when I say that, it means some song titles are literally song titles with space elements for example i have one called galaxy garden and then the beats are very like ambient spacey at the same time but still bang pretty hard so you are going to hear one very soon um the new single will be out which i'm very excited for but the album to me i one thing i hate about this industry is deadlines and I've said from the get-go that I'm, I would never work off a deadline for my own music. Like, I, I hate the thought of writing 30 songs in a week just to write 30 songs to say you did it. For me, if I wrote two songs in two weeks and they were album-worthy or single-worthy, that's much more effective than 30 songs and 29 of them are absolute garbage. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the way I work. And the label knows that. My management knows that. And, like, that will never change. I love that focus. I love that, like, yeah. just determined. Like, how how how's your manager or label take it when you turn around and say this stuff? Like, because they must be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My manager uh, used to be in the army. He's military, so uh, he's like very to the point. But he knows like our process, and obviously our process has been working very well. So like, if it you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, so for me, it's more about if the quality was lacking, he's like very upfront. He's like, yo, this is shit. Not feeling it onto the next. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but majority 90% of what we make is, is good, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's cool. He's upfront. I got a manager like that as well. Yeah, <laughs> you, I, I, I'm just trying to. I'm trying not to shake my head. You were shaking. You like I got a manager like that as well. I'm just trying to keep my head straight. No, no, no. They're both great managers. Both great. Yeah, um, awesome. 
Well, look, it's it's been dope talking to you, man. It's good to meet you. Thanks, man. And yeah, you too. Let's let's do this again, no doubt. I'll see you in sure. the UK soon. Um, but and um, good luck with everything. And yo, just just keep keep doing you, bro. Just keep going hard and spreading your sound. Just taking it global. Thanks, man. I appreciate that for sure. When UK is open, I'm uh, I'm there. First off, I have to watch my team in the APL. That's that's facts. <laughs> Uh, I really want to watch some APL, so I've never seen a live game. So oh, that's serious? like on the bucket list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll right. go for Newcastle. Right, right, right. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, Tooney. Right. Yeah. Wow. Why is that? I have no idea. I just remember when I started watching soccer in uh, English Premier <laughs> League, I was like, yo, who are these guys? And like, it was like Gutierrez, Caballai, and I'm like, yeah, these guys are cool. I like them. And we were crap. And we've always been, like, ever since I've followed them, we haven't been that great. Um, but, yeah, I just, just went for them. And I didn't want to be the type of person that's like, I'm a United fan or a Chelsea fan and follow, right. like, a yeah. big team. I wanted to go for, like, an underdog. Right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So that's how, right. that's how it happens. It's cool, man. All right. Well, look, Thank we'll you. see you soon. And then stay safe and all of that. Thanks, man. Nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. Cool, man. Peace, brother. Peace.